Beethoven Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to, to 87? A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 98 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. I really should have gotten to this album a long time ago. Not nearly 100 episodes into this show. But I have a really good reason why. Details on that and a confession coming soon. This is probably the most played album in my dad's collection. And not just because of the woman on the front cover wearing a pile of dessert topping like a dress. It fully represents the fun, trumpet-led pop jazz music that filled our home on a regular basis. So, get ready for a record the Vaccarello household heard on a weekly basis for years with Volume 98, Whipped Alpert.
A Taste of Honey, written by Bobby Scott and Rick Marlowe. Now, I also have a really slowed-down version of this song Herb Alpert recorded in 1992 for his album Midnight Sun. It's such a lovely piece. Uh, give it a listen if you get a chance. Okay, why this album and why did it take so long for me to play it? Plus a confession. This record has actually been scheduled for long before now. The first time when I went to record it and digitize it, I couldn't find it, even though I had logged it into Discogs.com. Now, somehow this album cover was horribly damaged by water. I'm still not sure how and why that and a couple other albums got so wet, but my dad did have a wet basement and that could have been the cause. These albums were set aside in a separate box, and I think this box accidentally got thrown out during my move to my current home in 2020. But I had to play this record because of the importance it has to my family's musical history. And after searching the interwebs, a couple of record stores, and even collections on sale at different festivals, I had no luck finding a reasonably priced copy. Then my girlfriend remembered her mom had a copy. So today's episode of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl is actually an episode of Spinning My Girlfriend's Mom's Vinyl. I know it's a technicality, but I'll allow it. By the way, you may notice most of the song titles have to do with food. How appropriate, since we listened to this record many times during Sunday dinners. So now, for something that was not very often on my mom's menu, turkey and beans.
spinning my dad's vinyl. There is Butterball, you know, a kind of turkey, written by Mike Henderson. And before that, we heard El Garbanzo, you know, a type of bean, chickpea, written by Saul Lake. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's, um, my girlfriend's mom's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass Whipped Cream and Other Delights. It's on the AM Records label SP4110. It's a vinyl LP album stereo format. Its release was in 1965. Its genre is jazz, Latin pop, and its style is Latin jazz. We will hear eight of the 12 songs on this album. Now, the liner notes are short and entertaining, so I will read them all to you. A lot has been said about Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass, and there's a lot more to be said about them. Their popularity has grown enormously in the two years since admirers started shouting Olé for the Lonely Bowl. It began with the teenagers, we thought, but at the Brass's debut at Concert Artists in San Francisco, we noticed to our delight that it's easier to skin an amoeba than to catalog the typical Tijuana Brass fan. The teens were there, but so were the hippies in the squares, the little old ladies in the screen starlets, the celebrities and those who make them celebrities. In fact, one admirer, who looked as though he stepped from a page in Esquire, said, you would think that a lot of these people would be home watching the man who serves bubbles, unquote. We noticed another joyous thing. Herb Alpert was something special. 
His good looks and sensitivity brought an immediate response from the industry. The word is that Herb Alpert could make stardom in films. The agents, bookers, managers, and publicists picked on Herb, and the brass and the phone started ringing. Life, Herb Alpert, and the Tijuana Brass are in a happy harmony. There is a triumphant atmosphere surrounding the brass today. The pleasure that comes from performing for enthusiasts belong to them. Our joys are compounded by your acceptance. And so, on behalf of Herb and the Tijuana Brass, we humbly thank you for listening. A&M Records. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. $12.99 for the highest, $1.99 for the lowest, with an average of $6.27 and a median right at $5. It was last sold on October 14th, 2022 for $3.99 on Discogs.com. There were several on eBay from $6 to $11. I found one on Amazon for around $28. And during my search, I did find one in an odd little shop in Sugar Creek, Ohio, while we were visiting the world's largest cuckoo clock. They only wanted $15 for it, but I would not have been able to protect it from the sun until we got it to the car, so I didn't pull the trigger on that one. Now, here's where I usually value my dad's album. It's not hard to describe the shape I found my dad's copy in when I first started going through this collection. You know what an album cover paperboard looks like after it has gotten wet and then dried and then maybe wet and dry again. It was a wavy mess, and the record itself was pretty dirty, but I thought I could clean it. Obviously, I never got that chance. So I will take a look at my girlfriend's mom's vinyl condition, and we'll call it good. In fact, very good. It's really clean. You can tell she took good care of it. The cover, along with its famous artwork, is in really good condition. You can see some very slight wear marks on the edges and then up here as well where it's gone in and out of a shelf full of records for its entire life. So we'll value Pam's vinyl at $10. Okay, now back to the feast.
spinning my dad's vinyl. There is a plate full of ladyfingers, written by Toots Thielman. And apparently, because of a TikTok video, it is a song that recently garnered 100 million streams, more than 50 years after its release. And before that, we had a bowl of peanuts, written by Luis Guerrero. Now, we have spent a lot of time describing the life of Herb Alpert in the previous three episodes featuring one of my dad's favorite trumpet players. So I'll quickly remind you of his accomplishments and focus on his generosity. Herb Alpert, born March 31, 1935 in Los Angeles, California, is an American trumpeter who led the Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass in the 1960s. During the same decade, he co-founded A&M Records with Jerry Moss. Alpert has recorded 28 albums that have landed on the Billboard 200 chart, five of which became number one albums. He has had 14 platinum albums and 15 gold albums. Alpert is the only musician 
to hit number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 as both a vocalist, this guy's in love with you in 1968, and an instrumentalist, Rise, in 1979. Alpert has reportedly sold 72 million records worldwide. He has received many accolades, including a Tony Award and eight Grammy Awards, as well as the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Alpert isn't just a talented artist, musician, recording artist, and major record label owner. He's a generous philanthropist as well. In the 1980s, Alpert created the Herb Alpert Foundation and the Alpert Awards in the Arts with the California Institute of Arts, which supports youth and arts education. He and his wife donated $30 million to University of California, Los Angeles in 2007 to form and endow the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music as part of the restructured UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. He gave $24 million, which included $15 million from April 2008, to CalArts for its music's curricula. In 2012, the foundation gave a grant of more than $5 million to the Harlem School of the Arts, which allowed the school to retire its debt, restore its endowment, and create a scholarship program for needy students. In 2013, the school's building was renamed the Herp Alpert Center. In 2016, his foundation also made a $10.1 million donation to Los Angeles City College, and that will provide all music majors at the school with a tuition-free education beginning in fall of 2017. Now, this was the largest gift to an individual community college in the history of Southern California and the second largest gift in the history of the state. In 2020, Alpert bestowed an additional $9.7 million on the Harlem School of the Arts to upgrade its facility. In 2006, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In fact, we were at the Rock Hall just a few days before I recorded this episode and found his and Jerry Moss's plaque on the wall. Alpert was awarded the National Medal of Arts by Barack Obama in 2013. Since 1973, Alpert has been married to Lonnie Hall, once the lead singer of Sergio Mendez in Brazil's 66. He lives in L.A., owns the noted vibrato restaurant jazz club in Bel Air, California, and at the age of 87, he still performs and has tour dates scheduled into 2023, mostly on the West Coast and on the Western section of Canada. I hope he comes around this area before it's too late. And now, the song played on the dating game when the contestant and the winning bachelor or bachelorette were just about to meet.
lollipops and roses. Written by Tony Valona. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with that very famous album cover. I found this Billboard Magazine online article from 2016. The real story behind Herb Alpert's iconic Whipped Cream and Other Delights album cover 50 years later. As Herb Alpert remembers it, he was in a recording studio one day in 1965 when the art director for A&M, the label Alpert co-owned, showed him the photograph that would soon grace one of the most memorable LP covers of all time. My first reaction was, holy shit, man, too racy, Alpert says. Obviously now it would hardly register, but at the time I thought, wow, that's a little much. And I didn't know, quite frankly, whether it reflected the album, the music I was doing at the time. But we decided to go with it. Obviously, that was fortuitous, unquote. It was because the LP in question, Whipped Cream and Other Delights, attributed to Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass, was his breakout album. And the photo in question was the now iconic shot of a seemingly nude, doe-eyed young woman sunk up to her decolletage in what appears to be a giant pile of the titular dessert topping. Looking askance at the camera, she touches a long cream-tipped finger to her lips. On her head is an added dollop of white, evoking maybe one of Billie Holiday's signature gardenias. In her left hand, she absently holds a long red rose, perhaps a sop to notions of traditional romance, or maybe an unneeded effort by the photographer to add color and more visual interest. The whipped cream model was a Seattle woman named Dolores Erickson, now 87 as is Alpert. Back in the early 60s, she ran in the same L.A. social circles as Albert, along with Jerry Moss, his eventual partner at A&M, and maybe most importantly, the label's eventual art director, Peter Worf. By the time Whipped Cream came along in 1965, Erickson was an old hand at album shoots, having appeared on records for Nat King Cole, Stan Kenton, and the Kingston Trio. The whipped cream shoot, both Erickson and Alpert say, was entirely Worf's concept. He shot it himself in his home studio, a converted garage. Erickson, who wore a bikini with the shoulder straps pushed down and hidden, was for the most part surrounded by cotton batting and many cans worth of shaving cream because actual whipped cream turned runny and smelly under hot lights. The real thing was used only on her head and on the index finger she touched to her lips. Was it an odd assignment trying to look enticing while sitting in a big pile of shaving cream? Quote, it wasn't unusual for me, she insists. I'd worked on a catamaran in the middle of a storm for a cigarette commercial. This was just another job. Peter always told me to make love to the camera. We just had a lovely time, unquote. Adding to the not really very sexy at all atmosphere was the fact that Erickson was three months pregnant with her son Brett. How does he feel about having been an inadvertent participant in such a milestone of baby boomer erotica? Oh, you know how it goes, Erickson says, laughing. It's just mom. <laughs> I'll drop the link to that article in the liner notes. By the way, this is also an often imitated cover photo. Images like the with the likes of Weird Al Yankovic, Woody Allen, William Shatner and several good-looking and not-so-good-looking males and females trying for that same whipped cream-covered look. It's pretty amusing, except for one cover. It's not whipped cream, but canned sauerkraut. <laughs> okay, time now to listen to the title track of this album. 
another Herb Albert song used on The Dating Game, Whipped Cream, written by Naomi Neville, which is actually a pseudonym commonly used by Alan Toussaint, mostly for songwriting credits in the 1950s and 1960s. Naomi Neville is his mother's maiden name. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. As you can tell, I've been looking forward to playing one of the most played records in my dad's collection. I played it a lot along with his many other Tijuana Brass records, even when it wasn't in the regular play pile in the living room. Herb Alpert's music has always meant so much to my dad, and I always get a thrill when I play it, and even more so when I get to share it with you. And thank you, Karen, for remembering your mom had a copy of this that we could share. And finally, not food, not even an after-dinner mint, but one of my favorite jazz melodies of all time.
Potion Number 9, written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. And there you have selections from a record from inside a very famous cover. So thanks for tuning in to Volume 98, Whipped Albert However You Did. If you want more information about this show, head over to SpinningMyDad'sVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 99, Time to Dance. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>